You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode three of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome onto the line the editor of the Bulletin. It's Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, not doing too bad in the circumstances. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Yourself? Good. Well, I'm fine. Um, but let's not make this about me, because I uh, I believe that, that you had a birthday in oh. the week. Oh, it feels like ages ago. Uh, yeah, last Wednesday. Well, so. of course, if, if I had known about it before <laughs> we recorded last week's podcast, I would have um, I would have grade, I would have made a fuss about it then. But I, unfortunately, I lost that opportunity. I'm not, I'm not one to make a, 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 a sing and a dance about things like that anymore. So, well, that's fair enough. Did, I mean, snuck up on all the us, to be honest. Did, dare I ask, did you go out? Did you do anything nice? <laughs> Nothing major. Did you no, stay not in? Really. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, funny that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be the way. It does, doesn't it? Did you get any nice presents? Because, of course, we, we one of the things I like talking to you about is um, is your love of American football. And I know oh. that, you know, we learned in lockdown just the breadth of your interests. And I, <laughs> I wonder, did you get any particularly good books or anything like that? I was like going to say it was, it was a couple of books were the, were the main thing. And then also, I don't know if this will resonate with others, but I got a big, big tin of, well, not tin, a big glass jar of Percy Pigs, I don't know, <laughs> which are one of my favourites. So that was that was delightful as well. But yeah, a couple of, couple of books and stuff like that. So yeah, not too bad. Were they sporty books? They were, yeah, American football, yeah. Right then. Well, we are. We've got a, an, another very full show for you um, this uh, this week. Um, we're going to hear from Mitch Hodge, the manager of Cadbury Heath, and we're going to be hearing from Sean Potter, the the manager uh, of Cheddar. Um, we've got plenty to discuss in the FA Vars, uh, as well as matches in the Premier Division and in the uh, in the First Division. But um, before we get into the main body of, uh, of this week's podcast, I spoke briefly um, before Tom and I um, recorded our bit um, for the podcast to George McCaffrey, the COVID-19 officer of the Toolstation Western League. Now, of course, many of you will remember a few months ago, I spoke to George in his capacity as fixtures officer. Well, um, the Western League have given him another hat to wear, and he is our COVID officer. Uh, these are COVID times. I'm, I know you're all sick to death of hearing about it, but at the moment, the restrictions that are affecting all of us in our everyday lives, are, of course, are looming large over football. And it's very much with that in mind that I thought it was a good opportunity to speak to George about how that is going to affect us. We've already seen postponements the FA have made an announcement about um, how Covid relates to um, to organised league matches at our level and George and I spoke about that but to kick things off I thought it would be a good idea for George to explain exactly what the Covid-19 officer's role is. Well the league decided that because of all the advice and uh, information that was coming out of the national bodies including the FA that we ought to have somebody responsible to help the clubs and so the I was approached to take on this additional role and um, and so I'm there to liaise with all the clubs who have a, a, a COVID officer within their their group now as a volunteer and uh, so I liaise with them and give them support wherever it's needed. Uh, we've already lost a handful of games in the Western League due to COVID. What's the Football Association's current position on postponing matches when a player tests positive? Well, it has changed, obviously. Um, last week we received an update and it's clear that the FA have made a decision along with the um, 
Department of Culture, Media and Sport, DCMS, that football itself is not close contact. I People are not together on the football field, often in a close enough position to worry about potential contamination of the virus. So they're quite happy with football itself being played. Um, there's very, very small risk of any transfer of the COVID virus. However, outside of that, we have everything associated with football, and that is travel to and from the games, the match day itself, pre and post match, the uh, the bar, and um, obviously, most importantly, the tea hut with the uh, the snacks. So, everything along those lines, they've received advice on how they should be operating. And every club has done its own risk assessment on how they deal with those situations at their ground. And it may be that there's something that they can't do, and so under their risk assessment, we will no longer do this because they can't control it. And to their credit, you know, all of the clubs are operating in that manner at the moment. So we did lose a couple of fixtures early doors because of the advice. So now, if a player is reported as COVID symptoms, he has to have a test. If that test is positive, he will then report to Track and Trace and the club will raise a case with the Track and Trace and they will investigate the situation, i.e., what's been happening to that person in the last seven days. And they, they alone make the decision on what should happen, i.e. should, obviously his family would go into self-isolation for 14 days, but who else would then be designated as a close contact and would therefore have to also go into self-isolation for 14 days. Now, we all have a role to play in ensuring that football can continue. So what's your message, not just to the fans, but also to the players and the managers and the match officials listening to this interview? Absolutely. I mean, I've been to several uh, tour station games in the start of the season, and it's so good to see so many supporters out there supporting our teams. So initially, I've got to say thank you very much to the supporters, whether you're coming back or whether you're new to uh, the tool station Western League. Thank you very much. You're, you're absolutely right. We all have a role to play. And I think it's important that we can start with the managers and players that they know their restrictions within their clubs. But in the height of the game, it does get forgotten. And so sometimes they have to be reminded of their responsibility and how to maintain that social distance. Um, with regards to the fans... You know, um, yes, uh, we started off at two metres, then it went down to one metre, but I try and maintain the two metre personally because then I'm reducing the risk to myself. We've all got to do that. Let's look after ourselves. Um, You do not want to catch this virus. It doesn't matter what age you are. Think about, well, even if you don't suffer with it, who could you pass it on to? You know, your parents, your grandparents, your children. It isn't nice. So just think about your responsibility when you're in the ground. Can you maintain a safe distance? And don't forget, 
use a hand cleanser uh, uh, as often as you can. And uh, if you have to get too close, I stand within a metre, then consider wearing a mask all the time, even though you're outside. Now, all of the club's risk assessments that you mentioned earlier, they're all available on the Toolstation Western League um, website. There is a special COVID section, isn't there, George? Yeah, there is. So, um, as well as the, the clubs having it on their own club website, because we do have two clubs that don't have their own website, we made the decision to publish them all in one place so that if anybody, if you're going to visit a club, you can read what their policies are via the Toolstation website. And again, if you are at a ground and you have concerns about a situation, then please mention it to a member of the home club and they, they will ensure that either the COVID officer or the secretary will get that information and can take any necessary action that's required. And my thanks to George for his time. Now we're going to start by having a look at the fixtures played on Saturday the 19th of September, uh, specifically with the FA bars. And we kick off um, at Bodmin, where the visitors were Canesham Town. They were, and uh, yeah, produced a, a, a thrilling comeback. 2-0 uh, down uh, pretty early on. Um, but yeah, Canesham, uh, pretty resolute. And uh, yeah, they managed to, to get a goal just at the end of the first half from Nathan Kernock, obviously. Uh, pretty vital, uh, giving them a bit of a boost going into the second half. And, uh, yeah, it, it mattered a lot. Uh, Matt Brown equalising uh, with 20 minutes left on the clock. Uh, and then it was a late winner from Jack Dancy uh, to, to book their spot in the next round. So a good, uh, good comeback win from Kensham. And Bridport, now they were at home. They entertained a team that um, has something of a reputation in the Peninsula League, St. Orstall. And um, Bridport, really, um, this would be a massive morale-boosting victory mm. for them, won't it, Tom? Yeah, first winner, first winner of the season. I think it's their fifth match in all comps, so uh, it's been a bit of a, a, a tough, tough beginning to 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 the, to the new season. But finally, a win under their belts. Uh, Chris Hastings, Matt Searle, and Will Gape uh, helping them uh, build a 3-2 lead uh, just at the start of the second half. Uh, all still then managed to to get back on level terms uh, on the hour mark. Obviously, report yeah, probably without a bit bit short on confidence because of the the. Uh, the start of the season, but they managed to managed to uh, yeah claim the victory. Uh, new signing Liam Sayers uh, played a played a ball through for Ben Haynes, who slammed home the winner. So uh, yeah, good good victory for Bridport. Now uh, the next game we're going to feature is um, Westbury. They were away at East Cows Athletic, and um, listeners to last week's podcast will remember me waxing lyrical about this uh, the great invasion, Wiltshire's mm. invasion of the Isle of Wight, a flotilla of mm. small craft went across the the, uh, the Solent on uh, on Saturday and, and Sunday, it would be fair to say, carrying supporters from, from the great county of Wiltshire over to the Isle of Wight. Three Wiltshire sides um, played on the Isle of Wight. Westbury United, of course, of our Premier Division, took on East Cows Athletic. And how did they get on, Tom? They were the only victors of our, uh, our Westbury trio uh, who headed out there. All three games... <laughs> Um, very much with a with a penalty theme. I think Devizes and Calm both knocked out on spot kicks, unfortunately, like a number of our sides in the competition. In fact, lots of penalty shootouts going on, some some tight affairs. Um, obviously, 90 minutes is all that, no extra time or anything this weekend. Uh, but yeah, Westbury um, didn't need penalty shootout to, to win, but they did need three penalties uh, to get across the line. Um, Westbury only scoring one of those three penalties, amazingly, in a, in a 2-1 win. Uh, Joe Stradling missing from, from 12 yards out uh, for the 
for the for the visitors quite early on. Uh, and West Cows, uh, sorry, East Cows, in fact, uh, managing to capitalise. Uh, so they led by a goal at the interval. Uh, another effort from the spot. Uh, Canning back off the post uh, for Westbury probably felt like it wasn't going to be their day. Uh, but then Sam Jordan managed to, to level affairs uh, from open play. <laughs> Funnily enough, um, get made it 1-1. Uh, and then, but in the closing stages, uh, yeah, the home side uh, failing to learn from uh, from the past, and they uh, gave away in third penalty. Uh, but this time, Jordan Pinder, no mistake. And uh, yeah, finally, uh, Westbury got across the line, a 2-1 win uh, away at East Cows. Now, I'm going to put my head on the block here and give you an interesting fact, which I could end up getting shot down with. So um, I'm going to blame my source if that is the case. But I believe that all of those fixtures actually took place in cows. Now, East Cows and West Cows are two different places. Mm -hmm. In fact, West Cows, I'm reliably informed, doesn't exist. There is cows and East Cows. I know this is turning into a geopolitical discussion about the island Yeah, I had a little geographical research myself on the weekend just to work out what was going on but yeah sorry go ahead well the, 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 but the interesting thing is that Newport I believe are having their stadium redeveloped ah. and as a result are playing their games in cows there which means that Khan would have been playing in cows now I know mm-hmm. you know we've got some great friends of the podcast not least the manager of Khan Ben uh, Redford who um, you know who will correct me I'm sure if I'm wrong but mm. I believe that the Newport game will also have taken place in cows that doesn't get us anywhere particularly. It certainly doesn't get us anywhere if we live in Wiltshire because we're on the verge of defeating the Isle of Wight by three, uh, well, 3-0. But as you quite rightly said, Tom, two of those games we lost out in penalties. So Westbury were the sole victors. So after all of that, after me giving it the big one, we came yeah. home with our tail between our legs. But I will say actually that um, I'm sure Khan were bitterly disappointed because I know they were going well in their game. Um, so I'm sure that would have been really disappointing to have come back. But that defeat for Devizes, they really gave a good account of themselves. And of course, we know last season, you know, it was a long end to last season for Devizes, COVID not included. Mm. Um, uh, but that, I think, has really given the team a boost and, and an insight into what they can achieve. So it'd be very interesting to see whether they can take some um, enthusiasm from that. Anyway, moving on from that ridiculous discussion about Wiltshire <laughs> in the Isle of Wight, um, we turn our attention to Newquay. What a beautiful part of the world that is. The visitors were street and, um, well, um, they were goal hungry, I think it would be fair to say. They were indeed. Um, yeah, big <laughs> big win for, for street. A 6-3 victory away at Newquay and um, yeah, it was a pretty astonishing spell uh, from the away side which helped them, helped them get through in this one. Carl Strange scoring a hat-trick eventually. Uh, but yeah, the, the hosts uh, two goals up pretty early on, so it wasn't, wasn't looking too great for street. Uh, but then four goals in the space of 12 minutes at the end of the first half completely turned the game on its head. Uh, Ollie Pearson, uh, Carl Strange, I mentioned, uh, Alessandro Costanza, uh, and Oscar Latus all fine in the back of the net. Um, yeah, in the in the in the lead up to half time, uh, giving Street a uh, yeah pretty comfortable 4-2 half time lead. Um, yeah, and they didn't let up after the break. Strange scoring twice uh, before the hour mark, so they yeah continued to. Uh, part of the pressure on continued to, to, to claim claim more goals. Um, and, yeah, eventually running out 6-3 winners. So a, a nine-goal thriller at Newquay with Street coming out on top. Outstanding stuff. Now we move to Sidmouth and another <laughs> nine-goal thriller. Uh, this time the visitors were Cheddar. Yeah, indeed. And uh, fortunately for us, uh, Cheddar also running out winners. Uh, 5-4, so a bit closer uh, than the Street Affair. Uh, Callum Laird, Chris Bell and Callum Ham. Uh, giving the Cheesemen a, a 3-1 advantage early in the second half. Uh, but uh, Sidmouth 
uh, managed to get back on level terms. I think uh, a chap called Scott Hughes scored a hat-trick for the home side. Uh, but yeah, uh, Reese Ferguson coming off the bench, uh, making an instant impact to, to tee up Adam Wright, uh, who made it 4-3. Four, four, um, but Cheddar then missed a penalty. Seemed to be a theme of the, uh, the weekend, lots of penalties. Um, and obviously, uh, yeah, Cheddar unfortunately missing missing their spot kick, which would have given them a, a stronger position in the game. Um, but uh, yeah, they failed from 12 yards uh, and Sidmouth hit back, uh, levelling um, to make it 4 all. Uh, but Cheddar, yeah, another penalty, uh, amazingly. And this time it was Callum Ham, obviously scored earlier in the game. Uh, he beat the keeper. Uh, I think this was in, it might have been a stoppage time, I think this one. So a late, late winner. And uh, yeah, Cheddar running out five for winners away at Sidmouth. A penalty at the death. What a mm. game to be involved with. Well, that's how I started my conversation with Cheddar manager, Sean Potter. Yeah, I think it's one of them that you sort of, it's brilliant for a neutral um, I think the fans watching sort of had a real good time, but not so much when you're sat in one of the dugouts. Um, but obviously we got the result in the end, so that's sort of all that matters. Don't really matter sort of what happened in the game when you got the result in the end, and you can sort of travel back down with uh, your name in the hat for the next round. I mean, given the sort of the events of the closing minutes, I imagine that you must have had your heart in your mouth for pretty much the entire game. I did. To be fair, we started the game and we looked really good. Um, we looked like we were really well on top. They didn't really threaten us too much um, in the first half. We made one mistake and they scored. Um, but it felt like we were on top. And then sort of second half, it was a little bit more sort of end-to-end and, yeah, a little bit more eventful second half. So you've got Ivy Bridge at home in the next round. Are you pleased to get a home draw? Oh, definitely, yeah. It's, to be fair, it's, it's quite nice to travel away. I don't like I don't like doing it every single game, but it's quite nice to go to these different grounds, grounds that you wouldn't obviously normally visit. But yeah, like you say, we've just travelled to Sidmouth and it's nice to have a, a home one in the next round, yeah. Um, so goals haven't been in short supply for you uh, this season, um, but you've not always been on the right side of the scoreline. So who is the real cheddar? Is it the team that beat Sidmouth and Wincanton or is it the one that lost... To Lebec and Portis Head. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to I'm going to say the Wing Canton and Sidmouth ones. <laughs> but to be fair, yeah, I, I just think in the first two games it it was really out of character, um, and we sort of got the lads in early for the the Wing Canton game and sort of discussed a few things. And it, it, it's, we're all about the mental side of it. The mental side of it is, is what we've struggled with over the last couple of years when we've sort of been the nearly men, finished second, third, and fourth, and and not not got quite close enough to get promoted and and that's how we started really we started the season exactly the same um the mental side of it just just wasn't there um so we had a discussion we changed a few things and yeah i, I think we, the wing canton game was sort of it summed us up i think someone someone was waiting for that performance um and wing canton don't get me wrong they they're they're a good side mm. that chris he's, he's always got his side sort of set up well and they're, they're a very good side um, and I, I just think it was one of those days where whoever it was, they were they were sort of waiting for it. We were waiting to put in a massive performance after the first two games, and and it sort of unfolded on that Friday. Yeah, you, you mentioned there that you um, you you know you've been in the job for a while, of course, and uh, you know you have come close in the past. So, um, what are your expectations for this season? I think I think going off sort of where we finished before. I think if you finish in sort of top four most years. Um, I think the only thing you can really aim for is is winning it, um, or at least finishing in the top top couple again. 
Um, so yeah, I think that's the only thing we can really aim for. If we set our sights any lower, I think we'll be sort of doing ourselves a dis, dis, disservice. I know you were bitterly disappointed to miss out on promotion a couple of seasons ago, and a top four finish would be enough to get you promoted into the Tool Station Western League Premier Division. Is that where you want to be playing your football next season? Yeah, of course. I think I, I, I'm one of these that I can't sort of. I don't think I'd ever be able to sort of sit in a division and sort of just hope to stay there and hope to stay up. Um, I think when you go into any season, if you feel like you're good enough to be in that league, you, you feel like you're good enough to go and beat anybody. Um, then I think your aim's always got to be to go and win the league that you're in. Um, I think it's quite negative to sit there and say oh, we want to just stay where we are or we want to finish in the a little bit higher than we did last year. I think. Yeah, my aspirations would always be to to be in the highest league possible and sort of if we got to the, the league above, then try and build something so that we could sort of kick on again. Now, obviously, pre-season's been very strange for everybody. Um, was it a case for you of sort of damage limitation? I mean, have you been able to do most of what you wanted to do in an, uh, under a normal pre-season? <laughs> yes and no. I think it's the uncertainty of not knowing when the, when the league was going to start. Hearing a couple of rumours, um, I think they they probably I think they actually confirmed September the fifth, probably a week or so before, maybe maybe two weeks. Um, so I think a few of the lads were sort of booking holidays in September quite early, not knowing that it was going to be started in September. I think probably a lot of clubs are in the same boat. Um, but yeah, it was, it was it was difficult to prepare. You were thinking, are we going to book pre-season games in September? And when should we play our last game? Are we going to be in the FA Cup? Um, so obviously at the beginning of pre-season can we have more than six at training can we do this on this day and it's just every, yeah everything was everything was different I usually like to have sort of a set plan and we know that we're starting around sort of July the 1st usually every year and we've got that plan and a certain amount of games in those sort of six weeks five six weeks before the season starts um, so yeah it, it, it was a lot, it was different but everybody's in the same boat have you kept your squad together from last season? Have you added a few faces? Yes, we've kept uh, the majority of the squad together. Um, we've lost Adam Jones, um, which was a big loss. He's obviously probably well known around the tool station for scoring a lot of goals. Um, been at the club for a long time, but he's sort of got to that age now where he's picking up a load of niggly injuries all season and he wants to have a season playing with his mates, which he's always he always told me. We've always sort of been open and honest with each other. He knows I knew that he wanted to play with them one day. And yeah, last season he was sort of struggling to get through games and so we sort of had a conversation. It was time for sort of both of us to just say, Look, thank you for everything you've done and off you go. So yeah, we lost Adam Jones. Um we signed a couple. We signed Joe Woodley from uh Cabri Heath. Uh we signed a lad called Matt Tribal. Um, we've brought in a couple from the reserves that have done really well uh, we signed Reese John a left back from Bishop Sutton uh, and we got Dan Jackson back who's the goalie that was sort of he was injured all season last season so that was like a new signing probably need maybe one or two more to strengthen but I think yeah we're, we're in good stead at the minute I'm happy with the squad You've got Bristol Telephones and, dare I say it, Devizes coming up in your next two league games. And if you want to be successful this season, those are two games that you really need to be taking something from. Oh, definitely. I think that's, that's been our problem sort of over the years. I think we've, um, we sort of underestimate teams. There's never an easy game in this league, no matter where their position 
sitting in the league. I don't think there's any comfortable, easy games, uh, which we've learned over the last few years. And we've learned in the first sort of two games of this season, um, you never know what team's going to turn up. You never know who signed what in the summer. Um, I think Telephones have lost their first three games, but they've lost by the odd goal. Uh, and they've all looked like close games, so you just you just never know. It's a tough place to go on a Tuesday. Uh, and then the same with Devizes. Devizes is always a, a tough place to go. You never really know what you're going to get. Um, I think historically we've done quite well there, but obviously it's a new season, new teams, new squads, new managers, um, maybe. So, yeah, I think we've just got to take each game as it comes. I've, I know it's a cliche, and a lot of people, a lot of people say it, but I think with us, that means... Like that, that's a massive thing for us taking each game as it comes. I think we've got added, t- added times in the previous seasons when we it was us and Kingston fighting for it, and we were top or we were second with games in hand, and we knew that we were we were flying and we had lot, a lot of room at the top. I think that's what that's what cost us looking too far ahead and not concentrating on the ninety minutes that are in front of us, and we just expected the games to the results to come with the squad that we've got. Um, and didn't necessarily want to work hard for it. So I think that's what we're trying to install now, um, which is what we're obviously going to be going with tonight and Saturday, um, take each game 90 minutes and, and get through that, and then we're on to the next one. And then after those two games, you've got Caution coming up. Now, are those your ones to watch in the first division this season? Uh, yeah, you'd probably you'd probably say so, sort of looking at the, the summer sign-ins. Um, it's also the game that when the fixtures come out that's the first one I'm looking forward to um, along with Wells uh, I love sort of pitting against sort of the better sides or the sides that, that, that people think are going to be good, going to be good. Um, so yeah that's definitely one that we're excited about I can't wait for that one and then by mid-November you'll have played Corsham, Khan, Sherbourne and Wells so do you think that you'll know by then how the uh, how the first division table is likely to be shaping up? Um, I think on paper you'd like to think so, but being around this league for the last few years, absolutely not. <laughs> um, I think we, you, you look at it in December, January, February, March, and even up to the last month of the season, and things are going to be changing constantly. It's, it's what happens in this league. Um, you can never be sure of what's going to happen and where you're going to be. I think you sort of you can try you you can sort of play the big teams and you can see what they're going to be doing, see what you're doing at the at the time, but. I think overall you're not going to know until it comes down to those last sort of few weeks of the season. And my thanks to Sean for his time. Uh, now, before we move on, uh, we have one final game to review in the FA Vars, and that is Well City. They were at home to Godolphin Atlantic. They were. And, uh, yeah, really big win uh, for Wells. Uh, 6-0. Um, yeah, cruising to victory really and uh, yeah Harry Foster I think he had a really big season last year uh, I'm not sure he'd scored up to now but um, yeah plundered four on the weekend also missed a penalty uh, like many others it seems um, but yeah he still managed to score four so uh, yeah good afternoon for Harry and uh, for Wells If you're thinking Tool Station I know they'll save me money but do they have all the top brands you know DeWalt Makita Einhell Stanley Myra Kudox Nest and Santex yeah they do over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. 
excellent stuff. Now, before we move into the Premier Division, of course, there was the small matter of a Les Phillips Cup quarterfinal. Um, Warminster Town made the long trip down to Tavistock. Uh, I know that uh, Warminster certainly wanted to give a, a good account of themselves. Uh, unfortunately, they did come up short on the day. Um, Tavistock running out there, 4-0 winners. So they're the ones who progress to the, uh, to the semi-finals of that competition. Uh, and uh, so moving into the Premier Division, again, all of these fixtures taking place on Saturday, the 19th of September, we kick off at Bitten. Now, this game last season, I'm sure it will prove to be this season, but this game last season would have been a top-of-the-table clash. Bitten took on Bradford Town. There was a huge crowd of 276, mm. Tom, and they had plenty of drama to enjoy. Yeah, great game. Um, Bitten eventually running out 3-2 uh, winners. Um yeah, so they take home the three points. Uh, Morgan Marsh uh, made a pretty good start uh, to life at uh, Bradford, and he gave uh, he gave them the lead uh, pretty early on, uh, before Ibrahima Diallo uh, levelled from the from the penalty spot, uh, so to to make it one all. Uh, Matt Tanner uh, then then edged the home side in front just prior to half time, uh, before Diallo made it three one. So uh, yeah, pretty pretty strong strong start from Bitten, uh, leading three one just after after the uh, the half time interval. Uh, Lewis Powell uh, then scoring 25 minutes from time. Obviously, he had that uh, important role uh, in their midweek win. Um, but uh, yeah, they fell just a bit short on this occasion, bitten just about holding out for a 3-2 win. And moving on to Buckland Athletic. Now, they're a side that has started this season very well. They came up against a rejuvenated Cadbury Heath. Uh, and uh, this was a very, very close affair, Tom. Yeah, it was really hard fought. Um, only one goal deciding it, and it was a late one. Uh, but it, it fell Cabri Heath's way. Um, a debut goal for Sam Crum, uh, 83rd minute, as I say, seven minutes from time, and uh, yeah, giving Cabri Heath a pretty, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty impressive win. I think Buckland were were unbeaten up to then, so uh, yeah, good, good three points for the Heath. Well, Buckland is never an easy place to go, as we know. And uh, I started off my interview with new Cabri Heath manager Mitch Hodge by asking him whether he thought he was going to be able to get something out of this game before Saturday. Uh, yes, I mean we well, we go into every game thinking we're we're, we're going to win it. Um, we've had a had a relatively decent start to the season. Um, I, I I think quite a few people know we, we we've got a bit of an injury crisis going on at the moment. So uh, we we did have a few people out, but um, that's why we've got a large squad really. And uh, when, when the lads come in, we uh we believe in what they can do, and they're, they're with us because they're good players. So, so when they step in. Um, we expect them to perform as well as they can. And yeah, we, we didn't expect anything else but a win, to be honest. Because you've been in free scoring form, haven't you, this season? But uh, perhaps perhaps one of the more impressive um, aspects of this game, particularly given that you were away from home, was how tight you were at the back. Yeah, yeah, we performed well um, from from top to to the back. To be honest, um, it, it was a proper team effort. Um, we, we rode our luck at times, but you, you're going to have to do that in every game, I think. But we were uh, we were a good value for the win, and we we held on in the end. And uh, yeah, it, it, it was really positive from my point of view. Obviously, over the last couple of seasons, you and I have spoken when you were uh, manager of, of Longwell Green. Now you've moved up to the the Premier Division. How much harder have you found the level of of competition? Um, well, the level's obviously a step up. Um, I, I, I don't think there's any sides that um, you can be fully confident of, of going out and, and saying that you're better than them. We, we, we'll turn around and get three points on the day because um, it's such a tough league. But um, with myself and, and, and Ollie Price, my assistant, um, Ollie's brought a few lads in um, from a higher level. Um, so we think we're more than capable for, for matching anybody on the day, um, if I'm honest. But, but as I said, there, there's no easy game. So, uh, yeah, it's been tough, but it's been, it's been good and it's been a positive 
Well, it certainly has been a positive start. There were seven goals you've scored against Wellington, and of course you had a good win against Hallen as well, and, and that was before the, the result we've just been talking about at Buckland. I mean, are you surprised just how well you've started this season? Um, not really, not not for myself, um, because we, we've sort of been quietly going away through through the sort of extended pre-season that we've had, and we we know the quality of players we've got. I think perhaps we're we're surprising a few in and around the league, um, considering you know where, where Cabrera have been over the last couple of seasons. But for ourselves, no, we're not surprised. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of pressure on us internally within the team and within the club to, to continue it because we don't feel like we're we're sort of punching above our weight in, the, in these first couple of games. So that's fully what we expect going into every game and every month as the season goes on. Now it's interesting that you just mentioned the extended pre-season because obviously um, you knew um, you were taking over at Cadbury Heath well ahead of of the start of, of this campaign. But the start of this campaign has been a, has been a strange one. Pre-season, um, I'm sure you will agree, has not been a traditional pre-season in the Western League. So how difficult has it been for you coming into a new group, managing a new set of players and, and, and all of the other um, new normal restrictions that we're all trying to get used to? Well, it's been difficult. I mean, I, I think whenever whenever you leave any club and, and move into to a new club and a new job is um, is, is always difficult anyway, um, even if that was in sort of more normal times. But um, we've tried to deal with it as best as we can. Um, I think pre-season was especially difficult um, just due to the fact that for a long time we didn't didn't have any sort of start dates. So you were sort of, you know, go, going through week by week wondering if, if you're in the right part of pre-season, you know, should, should we be stepping it up now or should we be holding off a little bit? Um, in the end, um, I I thought preseason was positive. There was a lot of hard work, and um, and I, I think it's showing showing a bit of fruition now as we go on. I think, um, and I think going forward, hopefully um, we're making the right steps um, with regards to keeping everything secure and safe. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's okay. It's just a little bit like you said, a new normal, and everybody's got to get used to it and just get on with it. In my opinion, I mean, for those people who've been watching um, Cadbury Heath in recent seasons, I mean, just how many sort of new faces have you brought in? Have you and Ollie really spiced things up in terms of the personnel? Uh, yeah, to be honest, I, I, I think we've only got we, we've got four lads um, remaining in the squad who, who were there last season. Um, so, so we had to release a few, and I, I think they've gone out, and, and a few of them sort of dropped down to, to maybe the first division. Uh, being young lads, hopefully they can get a lot of sort of playing time and, and, and a bit more experience. And maybe step up again a bit later in their career, but yeah, we've um, we've brought a few in. I mean, I, I, I brought a few lads in from Longwell Green with me, and, and Ollie brought a few lads, sort of from Mangotsfield and a few other areas with him, and we sort of gelled that together between the the remaining lads from the existing squad, if you like, and then the Longwell Green and, and the Mangotsfield sort of connections we had, and we've tried to gel that together over pre-season. And at the moment, I mean, going on our first couple of form performances is, uh, is is looking quite good. Well, it certainly is, and of course, you just mentioned that that your Perhaps one of your challenges is to maintain those high standards that you've set and those expectations within the club. But really, when um, notwithstanding the good start that you've had, what expectations did you have? What targets did you have for Cadbury Heath when you came in this season? Ultimately, to, to try and finish up as high as we can. I mean, there's not really, there's not really anybody in the league that we fear. I, th I think, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I, when we're on our when we're on our game and we focus on ourselves, I think we're more than a match for anybody. Um, as as to where we finish, I, I'm, I'm not stupid. I, I I appreciate there's a lot of uh, a lot of teams that have been up near the top for a good few seasons who have um, who have really been pushing, and you probably got to got to expect them to be up around it again. But I'd certainly be expecting us to be top half, top eight at, at the very minimum. At at the very minimum. If we, if we don't do that, I, I'd consider it a failure, even though it be in our first season. I think we've got to be ambitious and we've got to keep pushing. 
Now, you've taken over, of course, from Andy Black. Um, he's a huge figure in the in the Western League, um, let alone at Cadbury Heath. So, so what's that been like? Um, he's been superb, if I'm honest, since, since the moment we've walked through the door. Um, he's been supportive. He's been, you know, any, anything he can do to sort of assist us, whether it's opinions on things, this and that, um, anything he can do to help, he's been great. And um, to follow on in the footsteps of somebody like that is obviously obviously quite a big task. But, um, yeah, look, from, from my point of view and my dealings with Andy, he's been, uh, he's been absolutely superb since I've come in. So, yeah, brilliant. Now, you've got Bradford Town up next. Then it's Roman Glass. These are two clubs with big reputations um, in the Premier Division. Do you think those games will tell you a lot about how your side is going to do this season? Potentially, yes. I, I, I mean, as, as, as I've said a few times, I, I fully expect six points out of those games. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously we, we know throughout the season we're going to have ups and downs, which is what you get with um, with, with new sides. I appreciate that. But um, yeah, like I said, we, we go into every game thinking we're going to win it, and uh, if we don't, then it is is not is not the end of the road. You, you, you know, your, your season's not made up in September. But I, I, I expect every game we go into to win it. So it's as simple as that, really. And one final question. It's one of the questions I always enjoy asking the managers, particularly at this time of the season. But I mean, when you're thinking about the the, the, the teams that are going to be fighting out at the top of the um, um, of the table, not least, obviously, I know you're hoping for a, for a top half finish. But when you think about those teams that could be fighting it out for promotion, um, who do you think the runners and the riders are going to be? Um, well, I think you've got your usual suspects up there, such as Plymouth, Tavistock, uh, Bitten, I, I'd imagine, will be up there. Um, like I said, we, we'd like to see ourselves up and around it, whether that's a bit unrealistic this season. Uh, we've got to believe in ourselves. But um, I think um, I, I think you could probably look at any side but in the top ten of this league is, is very, very strong. So, uh, as, as I said just now, if we can be in and around that ourselves, we'll, we'll be more than happy. But, um, yeah, for, for me, probably early season favourites, you've got to look at Plymouth, really. And my thanks to Mitch for his time. Now, moving on to the first division, Tom, we had three games um, being played in the first division. Again, um, goals galore. Uh, we kick off at Ashton and Backwell. Yeah, there was yeah three games, three home wins. Uh, Ashton and Backwell, uh, one of those. Uh, Saul Jarrett and Jacob Spence uh, helping, helping them uh, to a 2-1 win over Wincanton. Uh, it was also a 3-2 victory uh, for Lebec. Uh, home to Bristol Telephones. Obviously, uh, a really good start to the season for Lebeck. I think they've got 10 points out of 12 now. Shah uh, Bacurd and Rick Davis among the scorers once again uh, for Lebeck. Uh, and yeah, Sherbourne, the third of our first division sides uh, to run out victors at home. Uh, a 2-1 win over Oldland uh, in their first victory of the season. So uh, yeah, pretty good pretty good stuff for Sherbourne. Uh, they went behind uh, Taylor Fox uh, driving, uh, driving the ball home. Uh, for Oldland, but uh, yeah, the Zebras managed to push on. Uh, Alex Murphy equalising, and then the closing stage it was Hayden Hodges uh, who pounced to to give Sherborne a, a, a yeah two one victory. Excellent stuff. Now we don't normally dwell too much on the midweek fixtures, but uh, I'm going to run my eye over a couple of um, games coming up midweek because we do have FA Cup first round qualifying matches on Tuesday the 22nd of September. All three Western League sides in action on that day travel to higher level opposition. Chichester City entertain Cribs, Swindon Supermarine entertain Shepton Mallet and Winchester City entertain Clevedon Town. Moving on to um, Wednesday the 23rd and uh, Larkhall Athletic entertain Bitten. The only Western League side with a home tie is Tavistock and they entertain Gosport Borough. So our sides really do have all the cards stacked against them if they're going to progress in that competition. Let's hope that when we're talking about those results 
results this time next week. And we've got a few teams into the hat for the next round. Uh, so it's onward and upward to the um, uh, to next weekend's fixtures. We do kick off with a little bit of Friday night football. Oldland Abertonians in the first division entertain Portishead Town. But I'm going to come to you now, Tom, on Saturday, the 26th of September. What's your pick of the pops in the Premier Division? I have plumped for Plymouth Parkway's trip to uh, Brislington. Uh, Parkway, obviously, top uh, at the time of recording. I think they've got 12 out of 12 uh, points. Last couple of weeks, they've put up some big scores, but they have been slow starters. They've not been not been scoring until just around the half uh, half time period, and then really pushing on after the break. So Frislington, who've uh, yeah made a equally promising start, seven points out of nine um, to kickstart their campaign. Obviously, they've got um, yeah they're at home, so if they can get amongst it and put Parkway under a bit of pressure, they might be able to to get something from this game. So yeah, interested to see how Parkway do on their travels on Saturday afternoon. And in the first division, I have plumped for Sherbourne Town against Ashton and Backwell United. Sherbourne going well at the start of this season. And, of course, we know that Ashton and Backwell have equally um, been doing very good things. So um, so that should be a very competitive game, I'm sure. Also, of course, both of those sides did very well last season. So um, um, all the reason for thinking that there'll be some very entertaining action there. Tom, thank you very much indeed for your time uh, this evening. Uh, we have been reviewing your excellent bulletin, of course, mm-hmm. and in both its new and old format. Where yeah. can the listeners find that? So uh, on the homepage of the uh, the new Toolstation League website, I think it's the same address, just toolstationleague.com, uh, and then you can rock down to the middle. There's um, yeah new new setup, but you can click on the bulletin and you can get that in uh, Word and PDF format. So the old 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 formats, if you'd say, uh, and then also the new snazzy. And then you can also see the the podcasts and the uh, images there as well. The, the yeah, all the pictures that are taken on the weekends and stuff. So uh, yeah, pretty pretty good, pretty good look to the new website, I must say. But yeah, that's where you'll find the bulletin every week. Excellent, Tom. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Pleasure. Hopefully, we'll have plenty of football to discuss on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast.